Hey, I told you to move the beans. All you have to do is move it. Move the beans. Hey, move the beans. M-O-V-E. This is the Move the Beans podcast. Stories of ordinary habits that have extraordinary results. Here's your host, Dan Abadicola. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Move the Beans podcast. Stories of ordinary habits that have extra ordinary results. Happy Easter, Easter 2020. He has risen. And I hear everyone out in the podcast world saying he has risen indeed. This is going to be a little bit of a different podcast. We have no guest. And I guess the habit is the great habit of continuing to celebrate Easter in spite of our current circumstance. You see, because this Easter looks very different to us than any of our other Easter's. Because if you would have told me last year, as I was preparing for Easter service for Pursuit Church, this little community of faith that we do here locally, we meet out of a high school. If you would have told me last year, hey, Dan, next year, Easter 2020, you're going to be in your home studio, Studio 33, underneath the tub, and it's just going to look really different. You're not going to be going to church. You're going to be doing a podcast message for Easter. And I would have been like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I don't even do a podcast. And then you would have told me like stores would be closed. People would be losing their jobs or laid off. Schools would not be open. You have to stay like six feet apart. People are sick all over the world. And then tragically, people are dying because of a worldwide virus. And then the tone of people causing people to be afraid or anxious or or frightened or worried, uncertain about the future. Some people are angry or confused. Listen, I've talked to so many people over the last few weeks and they have all those emotions and I get that, right? Because I'm human. I go through a little bit of those emotions too. I get all of that. And if you would have told me like, hey, Dan, this is what's going to happen next year at Easter, I would have said, no way, not in the United States. And I bet you, you would have said, no way also. And yet that's exactly where we find ourselves today. Easter. 2020 in the midst of a pandemic that has brought despair, fear, uncertainty, and hopelessness. Kind of normal emotions, normal emotions, albeit when your hope is not Christ-centered. And so keep that in mind as we kind of move forward through this episode of the Move the Beans podcast, because that's exactly the feeling of Jesus's close friends and followers some 2,000 years ago, right? Right? Despair, fear, uncertainty, hopelessness. You see, the guy that they were following that said he was going to change the world was dead. Actually, he was murdered, crucified on a cross, was buried. That's what they do to dead people. They bury him. They buried Jesus and his friends who were having the time of their life weeks before following this rock star all over the known world at the time now find themselves hiding in fear uncertain of the future, with a sense of hopelessness, fearing the worst. Even though they should have had hope because they lived with this guy, they were focused on the wrong things. In a world of uncertainty, not just uncertain up to April 30th like we have, right? But they were uncertain and fearful for the next day, for the next few hours after Jesus died. They were in hiding. They scattered. Life seemed completely different. Life spiraled out of control for his followers. And in those moments, in those dark moments, they were wondering, what 
they just experienced through this person of Jesus Christ, who said he was going to change the world, who said he was going to make it different for everybody. And then he's dead. And then he was buried. So what was going through their mind? The uncertainty, the fear, the anxiety that they had being grouped in with this guy who the crowd just killed, who the officials just crucified. And then something life-changing happened. Three days later, hope exploded into the timeline of human history. When Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated our two biggest problems, physical death and spiritual death or sin. And so hope became real. Real hope became tangible, something you and I could count on. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, it was the event that changed everything for everybody. It changed everything for you and it changed everything for me. You see, but hope can be a very dangerous thing. Perhaps your greatest wounds may be tied to unrealized dreams or unexpected disappointments. And our culture doesn't help, right? Unfortunately, the daily and worldly hope that we know in this life creates some confusion when it comes to our hope in Christ. You see, listen, Peter in his first letter, 1 Peter, is written to Christians, and that's kind of where we're going to hang out today. It was written to Christians in conflict. They had this conflict of real hope of knowing Jesus, but then living in a world that seemed hopeless and gave them a sense of hopelessness with fear and anxiety. You hear that? They lived in a world of conflict. The world was not going as expected, just like your life right now just like my life. Life is not going as expected. Things have changed over the last month that we would have never, ever dreamed of. And so since following Jesus, these first century followers of Christ, they have not found a peace or a safety or prosperity or relief that they might have expected when following Christ. And the world and their lives continue to be marred by inconvenience, disease, disappointment, persecution, and even, even death. Sure, there was no worldwide pandemic, but it was no easier for them than it is for us. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be hanging out in the book of First Peter in the New Testament. If you have an app on your phone, you can scroll to First Peter or actually open up your real Bible to First Peter, because that's where we're going to be kind of diving into this text. First Peter in chapter 1, First Peter tells us that they were experiencing these new believers, these first century Christians were experiencing trials of every kind. Some were enduring sorrow while suffering unjustly, chapter two. Some were on the receiving end of evil, being reviled and slandered in chapter three. They were being maligned and insulted in chapter four. And these sufferings were common throughout the world, Peter tells us in chapter five. Common, not unique, just like we all have right now. What we're experiencing is common. What you're experiencing, the anxiety, the fear, the uncertainty perhaps of the future that we all have, it's common. It's common. And those kind of things were common to first century believers as they followed Christ in a world that they were in conflict with. It was not unique and it still is not unique today. But listen, there's suffering on every page of the book. And that is the scary, uncertain, painful context into which Peter speaks hope, hope in Christ. 
an Easter hope. Now, you need to know, as a follower of Christ, you need to understand that life will not be easy. It will not be comfortable, but it will be real, and it will be full, and it will be lasting. You see, Jesus says, follow me, and you will find joy even in the really hard, bitter, heartbreaking, even excruciating moments and realities of your life, like sickness and job loss and confusion and uncertainty and anger and fear and anxiety, even death, you will find peace in the midst of all those. Welcome to Easter 2020. So how do we stay hopeful? How do we stay hopeful when we see our bank account dwindling, right? And we see our businesses getting slower and slower, or perhaps how do we stay hopeful when we've been laid off already, or when we basically have lost our jobs? How do we stay hopeful when graduation has been canceled? Your, your prospect of going to college looks a little bit different now because mom and dad has less money. How do we stay hopeful? How do we stay hopeful when you're feeling kind of sick physically in the midst of a worldwide pandemic? How do we stay hopeful? Hopeful. Well, the letter in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3 to verse 5, goes like this. Listen to this and follow along. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, now notice this first note that Peter strikes is one of praise. He says, blessed be the life-giving, death-defying, overpowering God of absolute loving mercy. Some of us in our fear and in our anxiety and in our uncertainty in our trembling, some of us just need to start with praise. God, I trust you today. God, I trust in who you are this Easter 2020. Although I don't know what my future looks like, heck, I don't know what my afternoon looks like or tomorrow looks like, but you know what, Lord? I know who you are and I trust you. I trust you. Now, if you believe and follow Jesus, you will face really difficult, maybe even more than just difficult things in this life. But the God who raises the dead is your God, and he's with you. God has given you a new, a true, a full life through his son, Jesus, if you reached out and began that relationship with him. And that is the life he gives, is a full life, a life of real hope, real hope. You see, God has caused us to be born again to a living hope, a hope which Peter makes a deliberate distinct from a lot of the other hopes that we know, right? We, we all hope all the time, but we're often disappointed, right? Many of us are disappointed right now. We hope for an A on that, that test during e-learning. We hope they hire me. We hope we keep our job. We hope she says yes, or, or he calls back. We hope we can maybe get a new car or maybe move into a bigger house, or we hope that he remembers our anniversary or we can just literally just pay the bills or, or just continue working. Or, or geez, I hope life goes back to normal quickly after all this is done because I want my life back. 
but our hopes don't always come true, do they? So we need to understand this is not the kind of hope we have in God. Our hope in God is unlike anything we've ever had. And that is because there is a moment in history that sets this hope apart from any other. Peter writes in this first passage here in 1 Peter, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The moment was Easter. It was an event. You see, when people started following Jesus, when the church got launched, it wasn't launched on a set of rules and regulations. The church wasn't launched on a set of do's and don'ts. The church was really launched through an event. And that event was Jesus Christ rising from the dead. It wasn't a bunch of organized religion. It wasn't about a building. It wasn't about stained glass. It was about an event in history that this guy named Jesus, this carpenter from Nazareth, he started his public ministry. He said he and God were the same. He said, you, you want to know who God is? Hang out with me. Hang out with me. We're, we're one and the same. Now, either he was a crazy person or a liar, or he was the son of God. It was that event, a man saying that he was going to die and rise from the dead, and he did, and he made public appearances before he went back up to heaven. It was that event that changed the course of history for humanity. And 2,000 years later, I'm sitting in my home studio, and you're listening to a message podcast on Easter Sunday morning, perhaps. You, you got it right when it was released, and we're talking about this event some 2,000 years ago that changed your heart and changed mine. You see, the tomb could not hold the living, breathing, scarred, but victorious body of Jesus. The man who claimed to be God, who committed no sin, Peter tells us in chapter 2, verse 22, who died before a hostile crowd, appeared again just days later before crowds bearing the wounds of the cross, but demonstrating a power and victory over it. You see, Jesus said, listen, I was crucified. And in my physical human body, not giving up any of my deity, in my human body, I have the scars that showed I died. I have the, the, the scars that showed I was buried. And he had power and victory over that. And here in verse 3, Peter connects this life, the God-man's life after death, witnessed by hundreds, celebrated at Easter with your hope. You see, if Jesus lives, you will live. God established and secured your hope when he raised his son. Therefore, now listen to this, your hope is is as alive as Jesus is. You need to know that this Easter. Your hope, the hope, the thing that you've been grasping for, the hope that you want so bad, the hope that you want to cover your anxiety and your fear and your uncertainty, that hope is as alive as Jesus is today. And he is. But here's the trap, because we're all human. And we all have very kind of unhealthy ways we think about God. We often assess God's faithfulness to deliver by our current circumstances. And currently, our circumstances are pretty rotten, right? So we equate that with God's ability to provide for us or his 
faithfulness, like living in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Things are bad, so that means God is not faithful, equals no hope for the future. That's where some people find themselves. And that might be you today. That might be you saying, you know what? My life is just taking a turn for the worse. I have no idea what's going to go on in the future. Is there a God? Is there a God that loves me? Does he care about me? Or is my past so bad that I don't think he could provide for me right now? Or he doesn't want to because I've been such a bad person. Well, that's not how God deals with us. And we need to stop thinking about hope in terms of our current condition. Because it's in the worst of conditions that we see the God of mercy and love really, really shining through in powerful ways. See, a better way to test who God is and to see who God is and to feel and experience his grace and mercy is to understand that there's a man standing beside a rolled away boulder, a place where angels said this, why do you seek the living among the dead? Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, but he has risen. And when everyone who had followed Jesus watched him suffer and die, they thought their hope had been crucified with him. And they scattered. When they saw their savior, their buddy, their friend Jesus die on a cross, be lifted off that cross, be buried in a tomb, and roll a stone in front of the opening of that tomb, they thought their hope was crucified and they scattered. They were fearful. They were full of anxiety. They thought the same thing was going to happen to them. But guess what? They were wrong. Their hope didn't die and our hope did not die at Calvary. No, at the darkest moment of all, when defeat seemed certain, God was actually sealing our hope, enthroning it in all eternity in his son, Jesus. As painful and as heartbreaking as some of our days have been and will be, none will come close to the day Jesus was crucified. And yet in that scene, God was big and God was strong and God was wise and he was merciful and he was present. He was there bringing about his plan to save you and I and secure our hope forever, a forever hope. So when we die, when our bodies are ultimately failing and have failed us by whatever means and by whatever age, the living Jesus assures us that we will live and that we'll live like we'd never have before. That's the hope. Almost three years ago, my brother, Mark, passed away unexpectedly, tragically left a family. And and, I mean, I, I think about it a lot, just like living life to the fullest wondering what he's experiencing in heaven now. And my hope, my living hope, because Mark had a relationship with Jesus Christ, my hope that I live with is not a like, oh boy, I hope he's doing well, or geez, I wonder if I'll ever see him again. No, my hope is an alive hope, a hope that says, I will see my brother again. That's the hope that Jesus gives us. Our lives then with Jesus will be more full, more glorious, more complete, a a life that is not a life filled with uncertainty or fear or anxiety, but a hope that you will see loved ones, that tomorrow will be better, that your future will be bright. That's the kind of hope that God gives you 
in Christ. And when life gives you pause about God's goodness and faithfulness, when people fail you and hurt you, when work oppresses you, when your finances plague you, when you're rejected or offended because of your faith, when a virus spreads chaos throughout the world in your personal life, listen, we have a picture. Even better, we have a person, a living person, a living Savior in Jesus who cares, right? Who cares for us and who can still our hearts and still trust in, and encourage us and give us courage when, when fear and doubt and confusion have crept in. That's the living Christ that we have in our lives. And as long as Jesus lives and he will never die again, and our hope is in him, our hope lives with him because he lives. As the old hymn says, we can face tomorrow. We can move in that direction and have peace because of who we have a relationship with. Now, maybe that's your issue today. Maybe you never really began a relationship with Jesus Christ. And moments like this in your life and moments that are happening in the world are fearful and they are filled with anxiety. And they, maybe they hit you a little bit more than they hit another person because you don't have that peace and that hope that Jesus brings to you. Maybe the Easter story is just about, you know, eggs and bunny rabbits and, you know, getting together with family for good food. And, and it's so much more. It could bring you hope for your life. I, I love Mark's account from his gospel, Mark chapter 16. Let me read this Easter moment for you. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus's body. In chapter, verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Because it was, it was heavy. It was major. Verse four, but when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said, verse 6. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of them into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Easter morning, resurrection morning came as a surprise, even though Jesus's followers knew exactly that's what he was telling them would happen. You need to understand your hope is as alive as Jesus is today. And he is this Easter 2020. You might have fear. You might have anxiety. You might have uncertainty about the future. You might be worried about getting sick or this worldwide pandemic, but you need to understand you can live with hope in the midst of tragic and crazy times in our world. So where do we go from here? Where do we go? Easter 2020, what are some ways that we can live in a better hope-filled way, even in the midst of 
this worldwide pandemic. One of my favorite books of the Bible is Colossians. It's a book in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul writes, writes it. And he says this in verse uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, talking about this, this idea of resurrection again, strive for things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 here, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. That, that's such a great application point for Easter, and especially during our crazy times of the coronavirus. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that in a world that seems so crazy, upside down with information? First of all, let me give you the really good pastoral advice. Turn the news off. Yeah, I don't care. Whatever channel you watch, whether it be CNN or Fox or whatever other news you got going, I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on, turn off the news. It's no good for you. It's no good. It'll just create more anxiety, more fear, more anger. Set your mind on things above, the Bible tells us, not on earthly things. And we find ourselves staring at the news 24-7. Does that give you hope? Does that give you peace? Does that give you a sense of things are going to be better? Or does it make you filled with anxiety, anger, hopelessness, fear? Listen, the good really awesome, powerful, simple advice that I'm giving you first and foremost, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Turn off the news. Number two, get into God's word. Don't say, oh, I'm not really a reader. I don't understand the Bible. I mean, come on. You can read. You have a fully functioning brain or, you know, some of us like me have a half functioning brain. You can read God's word. Get into the Bible. Look it up. If you have questions, ask a friend, all right? Ask a friend who's more knowledgeable in, in the word of God. Get into God's word, right? Number three, live a life of gratitude. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Live a life of gratitude. It's simple. Pray. Hey, God, you know what? Uh, I'm going to start a prayer life. I'm going to start praying each and every day. This is how simple it could be. God, thank you for blank. Thank you for what you've given me today. Live a life of gratitude, not a life of what's going to happen tomorrow. What are my needs tomorrow? What if they're not met tomorrow? Thank God in this moment that you have everything that he's provided you to get through today. Set your mind on things above, a sense of gratitude, not on the earthly things, but thank God for who he is and what he's placed in your life. Number four, be a blessing to someone this Easter and beyond, right? Pretend your life is not about you. And I say pretend in a really sarcastic way because your life is not about you. Be a blessing to someone. Set your mind on things above. God, what would you want me to do with the gifts and the abilities and the resources that you've given me? Oh, I know, in a pandemic, and I should be looking out for myself. No, you shouldn't. This is actually a great opportunity to be an encourager and to impact the world with your generosity and your love and your kindness. Be a blessing to someone. Pretend your life is not about you. Now, here's the ultimate. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. 
How's your relationship with God? Are you right with him this Easter 2020 in the midst of all this? Would you call yourself religious, spiritual, or have you been forgiven of your sin? You see, when Jesus went to the cross and died, he died on your behalf. Because the Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so Jesus took his spot on the cross and he said, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for the world. And he shed his blood for your sin, for the things you do wrong, for, for your regret, for, for all the junk and the garbage you have in your life. Jesus says, you know what? You might not be perfect because we're not. But Jesus looked at us and said, I love you so much. I'm going to die for your sin. And if you accept by faith what I did on the cross, my death, my burial, and my resurrection, the power that I have, you too can find eternal life. You too can find forgiveness if you simply, by faith, accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. That's the good news of Easter. That's the good news of the gospel. So wouldn't it be cool, Easter 2020, that you give your life to the Jesus, to the God-man that gave his life for you. That in return, you said, I'm going to follow you. I believe what you did and I want forgiveness of my sin and I want to live in eternity in heaven with you. And I make this choice to follow you. And your life might not change drastically or today it might change drastically when you say those, that prayer and that commitment to Christ. It's different for everybody. And this idea that God will continually make you the person that he created you to be as you continue to follow and pursue him. That's what we hope for you. At Pursuit, our church, we have a mission. We tell people all the time that our mission and our goal is to help people pursue a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we do anything that we do. And that should be your goal as a follower of Christ, that you pursue Christ in such a way that others would be attracted to him. Now, we're not perfect. We all have regrets. We all have failures. We can't live in hopelessness and in fear and anxiety from our past, right? But we have to move on and we have to say, Christ died for those things. And he rose again, giving me defeat over my sin and my physical death. And finally, finally, remember this. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, Christ loves you this Easter. No matter what you're feeling, there is hope for the future. It begins with a relationship with him, and you can begin that. You can say, Lord, come into my heart and life. I accept what you did on the cross. Not only I accept your death, but I realize that you rose again on my behalf. So I would have the power to defeat the sin and the hopelessness and the despair in my own life. I would have eternal life in heaven, and I would have forgiveness of sin only through Jesus. Jesus, when hope seems to be gone, understand that your hope is as as alive as Jesus Christ is, and he's alive today. Happy Easter, everybody. I hope that your time with family today is special because we're forced to kind of be in tight groups and just our family units. And I pray that God does something amazing, extraordinary in your life. And as always, folks, wash your hands often, drink water regularly, and love always. God bless you 
and happy Easter. We'll see you next time on the Move the Beans podcast. Bye-bye, everybody.